go. Good afternoon. Sorry, I'm a couple of minutes late starting. Zoom had a moment. It kept saying, we're waiting for the host to start this meeting and I am the host. So we, we just restarted and <laughs> we're all back. How are we all doing? Good to see so many of your faces. Thank you for joining us for this call. Um, happy Friday. So this is our mindset call for week two. We have lots of marvelous submissions and questions from you guys. Um, I'm joined by the wonderful Sally, who I will ask to introduce herself in just a moment. And we have Sunny in the chat. She's on the road today. She's like literally in a moving vehicle. She's not driving. Um, so hopefully her signal stays with us if you have any questions or we want to link to anyone's profiles or anything like that. Um, if this is your first time joining for one of these calls, they're a bit different to the Tuesday calls. This is less of a specific tactical Instagram focus. And this is where we instead dig into what's going on in our minds in relation to Instagram, what's getting in the way of us showing up or doing the work we want to do, and how can we move past that. Um, I've asked Sally today to carry the majority of the coaching. I don't know if any of you have seen, I've had like a couple of days of a emotional upheaval with a pet, which is either ridiculous to you or something you completely understand, depending on if you're an animal person or not. But one of the golden rules for coaching is to be just super clean in your own head and not bringing your own stuff to the table. And I want to make sure you get the best experience. So Sally is going to be here with us and I will chime in as well. Sally, do you want to introduce yourself in case we've got any new faces this week? I would absolutely love to. Hello, Insta Retreaters. My name is Sally Hardy and I am a self-belief coach, which means I am all about you guys being your full selves. And I cannot wait to coach with you today. As Sarah's already said, the submissions are just wonderful. And I have to say it causes me a bit of pain to not be able to coach every single one of you, but you know, the plus side of this type of environment is that you really can learn from other people being coached. And sometimes you can even learn a little bit more because your brain's not on a, oh, I'm on the screen, I'm being coached. So do keep your minds open for the fact that there may be nuggets of wisdom that are appropriate for your specific situations, even in somebody else's story. Absolutely agree. Um, I think I'll probably take a lot from today. It's going to help me get into the zone as well. And thank you to everyone. I'm seeing all your lovely comments pop up in the chat box. Thank you for understanding. I know pets are family to so many of us. Okay, Sally, who would you like to start with? I would love to see if Desiree is here. Do we have a Desiree? So if you're here, Desiree. Um, I'm here. There we go. <laughs> Hello. There she is. Hi, how are you? I'm great, thank you. And you? Oh, that is some epic wallpaper you've got going on. I know, I'm crazy for colours and birds. <laughs> I love it, absolutely love it. Desiree, thank you very much for your submission. Would you like to give everybody a bit of a summary on what you would like coaching on today? Yes, um, I just feel really um, a bit disheartened, I guess, because I have this pattern in my life that I start things, I get really obsessed with them, almost like a mania, you know, I think about only that. And I get fairly good at it and then I drop it and do something else or find something else to obsess over. And so I feel like I've, I find, I found this thing now that I really like, like I would like to, I, I do make art, like I photograph a lot, I do drawings and so on. So I would like to set up that as an Instagram account and also do some kind of creativity content creation. <laughs> so basically um, inspire others, I guess. And I feel like it's a kind of perfect fit because I've, I've done so many different things. I've done thousands of courses and like, I feel like I know everything about um, little, many things. I don't know how to say it. I know a little, a little bit about many things, but I don't really, I've lost the trust in myself that this time is the right thing. Like, I feel like I found something that I actually like, but I felt like this many times before and I just don't trust my decision that I've yeah that this is the one thing that is actually the right choice finally um and that kind of ties in a bit with that i at the moment i don't really feel like i can be that person who has success with those things because um well because i haven't proven to to become a success with anything because i always stop before it could be a success you know so i 
um, I've, I've set up many websites. I used to have a fashion blog and so on, but I never get to the point where I actually have an audience. So I just don't really trust that this time I could have an audience because it never happened in the past either. Okay. Okay. So my first question is that you seem to think that there's something wrong with liking many things. Like the, the, the initial premise is I get to a point and then I, I like something else. Mm. What if that's absolutely perfect? Yeah, I mean, that's a, that would be a better way to look at it. It's just, I feel like it's not very, um, it doesn't lead to success easily because if you like so many things and you keep skipping from one to the next, you never really, I feel like you never, um, you never get to anywhere, you know, because I stopped too quickly. So yeah, and I haven't- What does success look like? If you, you're saying it, that won't reach success. Mm-hmm. I'm curious what, what success would look like. Um, I mean, for me, that would look like having some kind of product, artistic product that I sell as an artist. And also now to have a kind of community that I inspire and so have and create content for around art and creating. But you've got that already. The community. You've got the product and you've got the community from what I understand. Uh, no, not at all. I just started an Instagram account. I have like 53 followers and I do I do take a lot of Is 53 photos. not a community? Mm, I mean, it's, some of them are my friends. It's kind of, it's a mini community, if you will. Okay. So you've got the community. Yeah. And the product? Um, I, I do sell photographs. I mean, I'm only just setting that up now. And also I normally draw a lot, but I had a tennis on, so I can't do that now. But my product at the moment is photographs, therefore. So you've got the product and you've got a community. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's really the community. I wouldn't really call it that because they're not even there for me. They, they are my friends and family that have followed me for kindness, out of kindness. Do you know what I think sometimes when we start something like an Instagram account or if we open up like a webinar or something where we have a certain number in our head that that is the right number of people, the right number of people. I say that in bunny ears for the people listening on audio later on is that we can often, if you think of it like a dinner party Mm -hmm. and you're like, okay, I'm going to have a dinner party and I'm going to have 20 people. I'm going to send out 20 invitations to 20 people and people come and you're there, you're at the door. You're like, oh, brilliant. I'm so pleased to see you. And you've got, you've got five people, you've got six people, you've got seven people, you've got eight people and they're sitting at the table and you're standing by the door ignoring them waiting for the next people to come Mm. and they're like can we can we what are we doing here are we with you or is and you're like oh no 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 no. you know what thanks for coming but I'm waiting for the other guys because it's the other guys that's going to make this a success it's not you guys it's not my relationship with you or the dinner party I'm going to have with you it's the next people Mm. it's the yeah. next people yeah like I get what you're saying it's just I feel that the people that I have currently first of all it's very few and also um they're not the ones that are you know they don't engage with my content at all I get very few if I, I always ask a question because I think it's nice but nobody answers the question and it just feels like I need to find a community that's a bit more interested in what I have to say and that that's maybe why it doesn't feel like it feels like I'm ignoring them does it feel like you're ignoring them? No, sorry. That's as in that was just from how I described it. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So you've got an idea of success that stays with something. If I stay with something, I'm going to have a product. If I stay with one thing, then I'm going to have a community. Yes. What if that isn't the case? That would be amazing because then I can just be as all over the place as I am naturally. Being as all over the place as you are naturally, is that how you're presenting currently? Um, a little bit more. I used to always make one separate account for everything. Now at least I have realized that's just silly. So I made one account that can be many things and I allow myself to show everything there, even dancing, which I also like. So I feel like I have gotten more into that um, realization. Yeah. And how do you feel about having all of the many things out there? much more sorry much more authentic it feels really that's because that's me you know I have so many interests and I don't want to hide that either 
so you've got a product with mm -hmm. photography you have a community yeah and you're feeling more authentic online yes so what's the problem <laughs> i just have to believe that it's possible you know that i could potentially one day make money from this for real and not just sell one sh print to my to my mom it's just it feels like that's because I never got that. That's what other people do. And how could I ever do it? Because I, I always change my mind. And like, that's what I'm lacking, you know, the feeling that I could do it as well, not just other people. That's just a decision. Hmm. You can work on the belief 100%. Hmm. I think that's a really important thing to do. But if you don't decide that this is your move forward, if you don't decide I'm going all in on this, I'm doing it in this way, this is what my success looks like. Mm -hmm. If you don't decide that it doesn't mean anything about you, whether you have success or not, then working on your beliefs is going to be a little bit kind of Pinterest, something stuck on a pin board. Mm -hmm. Good things can happen to me. Your brain just won't accept it because you're also saying, well, I don't know. I don't trust myself that I'm going to stay with this. Exactly. Yeah. I've, I've done this in the past. I've reached a level of success and then I've moved on and that's a bad thing. And now I've got this one thing that seems to be collecting all of my bad things, my things that I didn't stick at together mm -hmm. in one space. Well, how is that going to be anything other than lots of little bad things in one space? <laughs> yeah. And what you've done is you've had a life of experience and that life of experience has led you to who you are today. Mm -hmm. And I'm hoping that with the authenticity that you're talking about, there is some acceptance of the fact that the path that got you here was the success. Mm. Yeah, it's hard to see it that way because it's so against the, the not, no, I don't want to say normal, but many people reach success in a different way. You know, they follow one track and that leads them there. So it's just a different way to look at it that I should get into. And I think it's also that, that flip between looking outside for evidence of your success and finding the evidence of your success, which is where we come to the belief part of it, finding evidence of your success internally. Mm-hmm. So it could be that an evidence of your success is showing up in your full self. Yeah. It is finding a way to feel comfortable with the 58 people that you have and just absolutely love on them, regardless of who they are, yeah. because you never know what's going to happen or who they're going to talk to or how your spread of influence is going to ripple out from those people. But while I have my intimate dinner party, I'm going to love you guys a hundred percent. I'm going to be that. all of me and I'm going to love all of you. And the trust is a decision. But also you get to change your mind. Yeah. Because it sounds like embedded within that trust is a, if this doesn't work, if I change my mind again, oh shit, that's like, that's like me done. That's, this is all I'm destined for. Yeah. It's okay to change your mind. You're allowed to. You're a human. You have free will. You can do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. If you want to do this, simply a decision. Yeah. I mean, it does feel super right at the moment. So I guess I should just keep going with it and use the fire I have for it right now because you don't know what's coming afterwards. Yeah. And it may be that this is the this is the thing. And it may be that this is not the thing, but this is the pre the thing. Yeah. This is the thing before the thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean what I what I really mean to say is that the trust that you have within yourself has nothing to do with your Instagram account. It has nothing to do with how many other different Instagram accounts or things you've done in the past. Yeah. It is simply, I have my own back, regardless of what goes right or wrong in my life. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just echoing through my head. Yes, <laughs> it definitely does, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, sometimes I feel like, 
already people are laughing at me. We're like, oh, like, okay, now I'm going to set this YouTube account. And it's like, oh, God, now she's on to the next thing. Like, not that I don't care what people say, actually, but it is a bit like I'm becoming this running joke of, oh, this is my hundredth venture. When is it ever going to be the actual venture that becomes a business, you know? Okay, so that thought that people are laughing at me, mm. where does that thought originate? Um, I think just from experience of starting many things, like I went to... Where does that thought originate? You thinking that mm -hmm. is coming from your thoughts. Yes. So you are creating the thought that other people are laughing at me, regardless of what's happening outside in the world. Mm -hmm. You're thinking other people are laughing at me. So you're judging yourself. Yeah just from your own mind, regardless of whether they're laughing at you or not, which mm -hmm. actually is just an out there thing. Mm -hmm. So you're believing that they're laughing at you. You're believing that this is the hundredth thing. When's she ever going to settle down? Mm -hmm. You're creating these conversations that are happening outside of yourself that aren't necessarily happening outside of yourself, mm -hmm. but you're pre, you're getting ahead of them. Someone's going to say this at some point. So I'm just going to say it first. Yeah. That's what your brain's doing. Yeah. That's the, you, if somebody else said that to you, would you feel a lot of trust in them? Um, no. Right. If someone was standing outside, if I was laughing at you now, <laughs> that's right. This is like the hundred thing. Come on. When are you going to settle down? Yeah. Would you feel friendly towards me? Would you feel trust in me? No, actually, I'd think, oh, I'll show you then. <laughs> Rather. So in your mind, you're creating a system of mistrust. Mm -hmm. By thinking that other people, by originating the thought, other people are laughing at me, other people are judging me, other people are saying this, that, and the other. Mm -hmm. And what you're doing is getting yourself stuck. And when you're stuck, you're questioning all of the things that you're doing. You're looking back to evidence in the past, mm -hmm. evidence of when you, in bunny ears, couldn't trust yourself before, or you made, you made a plan and you didn't necessarily follow through in the way that you thought you were gonna follow through. And you judge that decision and you judge that choice. And you don't go all in on the project that you're thinking about now. Yeah. And because you're not going all in and you're looking back at all of the, all of the evidence, when you're, you know, you're thinking that, that you know, everybody's thinking I'm doing a, I'm doing a hundred things. When am I ever going to settle down? That's what they're thinking. They're laughing at me. Is that by not going all in, you're not giving the weight to this scenario. You're not committing. You're not making the decision. And so the result of it is that this very well may be another thing that you don't stick at. Yeah. But also there's a massive judgment that not sticking at something or, you know, how do you say that you, you became obsessed by something and then you changed and you became obsessed by something else, but that's, that that's a problem. Yeah. I mean, it isn't in life, but I suppose it is a bit of a problem if you want to create some kind of business. My previous job, I was an architectural interior designer. Mm -hmm. I am also an animal behavioral psychologist. I am also a social anthropologist. I have studied psychology. I trained to be a psychotherapist and a counselor. And here I am. Yeah. And I was 100% obsessed with all of those while I was doing them. Mm -hmm. And now I stand the product of my history, loving that I have all of that knowledge. Yeah. Because without all of that knowledge, there's no way that I could present in the way that I present today to be who I want to be for you. Yeah. Yeah, it's of course, and there are many benefits to having done so many things because you know, as I said, a little bit about lots of stuff, which is nice to bring that in. But. No, there was no but. <laughs> <laughs> but also within that, I asked you about success. Yeah. What were your metrics for success? Yeah. And it was a product and a community, both of which you already have. Mm -hmm. and you have had in the past it might be helpful for you to find 
success in what you have already achieved. So rather than looking back and saying, well, I didn't stick at this or I was obsessed with this and then I swapped at that, I can't trust myself. Find the evidence for where you can trust yourself. Find the evidence for where being obsessed with those things was the best thing that could have possibly happened. Mm-hmm. I had successes in every single one of my roles. Every single one was a successful position. And I've brought those successes with me. But equally, if I go, okay, well, where have I failed? I could look back and I could see all that as well. Yeah. So I'm not trying to change reality. What I'm doing is bringing from the past the stuff that's going to help me right now and into the future. Mm-hmm. And it depends what weight of bag you want to carry. Do you want to carry a big bag of, I can't trust myself. I get obsessed with something and then I leave it. I mean, how does that feel? Not nice. Or do you want to look back and say, every single thing I did led me to today. Every single position I had gave me a piece of the jigsaw puzzle that's me today so that I can do this, so that I can trust myself. Because look at how dexterous I am. Look at how nimble my mind is. Look at the things I can do when I want to. Mm. That's me. How does that feel? Uh, I mean, that sounds lovely and very motivating for sure. It's a choice. It's a decision. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I should almost write it down, you know, right? As, it, as what you just described, just write down where it was actually helpful or, or useful to be this kind of personality type. A hundred percent. Because I, I promise you the future is ruled by people who have many talents. Mm. I can <laughs> see Sarah nodding. <laughs> I can see like this big sort of bobbing head up there. It's a beautiful quality to be able to have many skills. It is also a beautiful quality to be able to focus on one thing. Mm -hmm. The world is made up of all of us. If we were only people who would focus on one thing and stick with that forever, it would be like getting a suit made for you when you were three years old Mm -hmm. and expecting it to still fit you when you're 20. That may work for some people, but it may not. Neither is right or wrong. It's yeah. who we are and the full expression of who we are. That's how we engage our community because they're engaging with us. I mean, yeah, that uh, I do feel better now, <laughs> I have to say. <laughs> better you about how I am, I guess. Yeah. You got this. You're beautiful. You're, you're huge and massive and your wings are there for spreading. It's up to you whether you want to spread them or not. Oh. But they're there. I look forward to seeing them spread. Yeah. Thank you so much. Desiree, I want to make sure as well that you check out the chat that yeah. we've <laughs> during this call because so many people are relating and also totally resonating and supporting and agreeing. And yeah, it's an amazing oh, conversation. So, kind. Thank you. so please make sure you do have a look at it. And I had three things that I wrote down when I was hearing Sally give you that awesome coaching that Uh, just kind of pinged into my head Um, one is you know when we talk about Instagram accounts and I always say like the different things are not as disparate they're not as different as they feel to us Mm -hmm. and you are the common denominator between all of these amazing things that you do so you feel like you're jumping and they're all different but actually like like Sally said they're all pieces of the whole I started out as like a mummy Instagrammer like with my baby and then I became a lifestyle blogger. And then I started mentoring people in how I used Instagram. And then I launched a podcast and then I started writing for magazines and now I do this. And then I trained as a coach and like, they all fit together perfectly. But if I'd written them down as a list at the beginning, I think anyone would have looked at them and been like, why don't you mm. pick one? Like, why would you do all of these? But that was my path. Um, and also like the success that you're describing that you want, I like completely agree with Sally that we have to really question those definitions of success anyway, but like that, it's like a once in a lifetime, it takes a lot of discomfort, it takes a lot of work, it takes a lot of pushing and why would you want to do that to yourself on the wrong thing? Like Mm. if you pick something and it's not the thing expecting yourself to just double down and be like well I chose it so now I have to do it and now I have to push myself through it like 
of course find the thing that resonates it's every step you take takes you closer to it um there is a book called better than before by gretchen rubin i don't know if you've come across it um oh. It's about how we build habits. It's like a fascinating deep dive into the psychology of habits. And she talks about just the different personality traits we all have. Um, she's one of those people, she loves to kind of categorize everything. And so she categorizes one of the categories in there is like, are you a starter or a finisher? Like, where does your superpower lie? Um, um, well, as you went through the book, the idea is that you kind of identify where your strengths are and accept them and allow them and, and kind of embrace them instead of rejecting them and trying to kind of twist yourself into being something that you think is supposed to be because that, mm -hmm. there's no magic in that uh definitely check that out it's a good book there's an audiobook version as well yeah uh thank you so much thank you thank you so much for sharing as well okay sally who's next on your list I have, and forgive me if I say your name wrong, Eustacia, Eustacia, Eustacia Tan? Uh, yeah, Eustacia. Eustacia. Hey. <laughs> How are you? Uh, doing good. <laughs> we just, um, Singapore's going back into a partial lockdown, so. Right. Uh, yeah, we so had 20 like new just cases. Just like the top half. Your bottom um, half can go out, but your top half has to stay in. Yeah, something like that. We we can't we can't go to work, but we can go to the supermarket. So okay, all right. Yeah, thank you very much for joining us here today. It's always so lovely when people who submit then are here, which is <laughs> which is a beautiful thing. Would you like to give everybody a summary of your submission today? Yeah. Okay. So I think like. I did the course once already and I was like, okay, I'm going to use my Instagram to sort of like find readers for my books because I write like dark fairy tale retellings. And I did that for a bit and then it just completely stopped. And now I just talk about books and tea, which is like a very much a hobby account. Um, and I, I think like every time I feel I make the plan, like should I, I want to use my Instagram to sort of find readers and get them to sell my books. I, I end up getting a lot of resistance that, oh, um, you know, it should just be a hobby. I should just be writing for the love of it. Why am I even like trying to get money from this? Um, right. Yeah. So and that, you know, like, yes. And that like, you know what if like the other people on Bookstagram think like I'm a sellout because, um, you know, we always say uh, reviewers are, books are, for, reviewers are one and then authors are another category. And then I think it's, it's like a lot of things. And then I end up, I don't know. I feel like on one hand, I feel like I should, just you know love the craft for the craft of it but on the other hand it's like I wouldn't be getting new covers and I wouldn't be like trying all this marketing like listening to marketing podcasts if I didn't want to sell my book and earn money and get like validation from the fact that people liked it enough to buy it or I would have said everything for free and just like just you know do it so I I, I don't know like am I very practical am I like just self-sabotaging it's it's like a... oh beautiful firstly as I always like to say, at least once in one of these calls, you have a perfectly functioning, beautiful human brain. Everything that's happening is totally normal. A few things I picked up mm. that there seems to be like there's sort of an either or. Like either I love selflessly this craft, and there is no there is no finance attached to it whatsoever, or I'm a sellout. Yeah, and I publish my book and I publicize my book. Yeah. What do you actually want to do? I want to sell my book, I guess. Like, okay, so why aren't you? I think that I got very into the reviewing side of things and I'm very scared that there'll be a backlash that if I say, oh, guys, I'm also like selling, I'm also wrote a book to sell people like, oh, but then like, yeah, a reviewer, why are you doing this? Why are you like criticizing authors? Okay, well, let's say, part, but, yeah. let's just play a game of mm. that's going to happen. <laughs> so let's say you put your book out there, sale, mm -hmm. and someone says, a book, whoa. I had not expected to see a book here and certainly not a book for sale. What's going on? What do you tell them? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, 
When I don't knows come up, it is your brain blocking you from finding your own solutions or finding a route to your solutions. It's just a very convenient roadblock. So if you hear, this is for everybody, if you hear yourself saying, I don't know, simply say, well, okay, what if I did know? How do I want to approach this? How can I make this most simple? You want to sell your book. Mm-hmm. Someone gets in contact and goes, hang on a minute. I thought you were a reviewer. Why is your book for sale here? How do you want to respond? Because like, I I know what I like and I, I, love, I love stories and I can't just read them. I also have to write them. What's the problem with that? I don't know, like, am I, am I scared that people would hate it? But like, I always feel like in my head, I know that if I get like a bad review, it just means it hasn't found its audience. Like I had from like the very few random downloads, there were people who were like, oh, I love how dark it is. And I know there are people who are like, I hate that it's like a dark fairy tale. So like, am I just like preemptively telling like, if I don't put it out there, no one's going to criticize me at all. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And so it's your brain protecting you. So rather than putting it out there and facing rejection, you're doing that to yourself already. Mm. Okay. So the the little bunny ears, the failure that you may feel or the rejection that you may feel if somebody doesn't like your book, you're imagining that that's going to happen in advance. And so you're not putting your book out there, but you're still having that feeling of rejection. Yeah. But this is something I want to ask, something that you mentioned in your initial summary was an association between having your book out there and validation. So getting the validation that it's a good book. can't remember your exact words, getting the validation yeah. that you're a good author or getting your val- the validation yeah. that you're a good book. So you're expecting that to come from outside of you. Yeah. I think one thing is that I I am ever never satisfied with with the story. So I always think it can be better, most things. And it like if I can just times, pause you right yeah. there, apologies, <laughs> but if I can pause you right there, this is another iteration of the original stopping you getting out there. Yeah. So it could be better is perfectionism, which is which is fear in a mink coat. It's just a pretty, pretty version of fear. I could do better. I'm not good enough. Um, it's not good enough. These types of thoughts that historically, particularly as women, oh my God, we've embedded these thoughts. Has to be perfect. Yeah. If I do it the right way, then other people will like it. If I do it just like this, then if it's perfect, then nobody could criticize. <laughs> but even if you put out a perfect book, you've already described to me how some people are going to love it and some people aren't. So what about if you just put your book out there? I could try. <laughs> uh... It's just, I guess it's just very scary for me. Um, yeah. And it's okay yeah. that it's scary because your brain is thinking, hang on a minute, we're safe, we're alive. If you put this thing out there, people will see you, you'll be bigger, you'll be visible. Do you know what happens to targets? They get shot at. <laughs> you know what happens to people who step aside from the crowd or will grow taller? They could be seen by the saber-toothed tiger. They'll get snaffled, <clears throat> done, gone. The nail that sticks out gets hammered. The nail that sticks out gets, that's beautiful, I've never heard that. I love that. Yeah. The nail that I lived, sticks out yeah. gets hammered. Yeah. I lived in Japan for like five years. So I was like, oh no. <laughs> so you can see how your brain is like, hang on, because if we do that, I don't know how. I don't know if people are going to like me. I'm basing how I feel on their response that's so I'm going to feel like shit so let's just not do it if it's not perfect 
let's just not do that because if you do that we might forget to breathe and eat and sleep and you know all of the basics because you're doing something new i've no idea what's out there let's just stop mm. it is it is scary there are different types of fear a little bit like if a dog's barking there are different types of bark they mean different things some fear is i'm standing on a train track i should probably get off it and some fear is the fear that you feel when you walk into a big space that i'm here feeling which fear do you think it is i think it's really more of the second of like just having to put myself out there like i know i guess like like Sarah was mentioning last week that you know like if we had to describe the fear to an alien and it would sound like it's just a small thing and like it's always in my head I know like you know there are people who will not like it there are people like it's just a small thing but I guess to overcome that itself it's huge for me well it's knowing that it's coming from a thought as well yeah a thought like the nail that sticks out gets hammered mm. which is a thought that we have just taken from culture yes. these are things that are commonly said mm-hmm and we believe that if we stay small and quiet and the same as everybody else then that's a safer place to be yeah and you never ever have to put your book out there you just don't have to yeah if you want to then it's worth exploring those thoughts that come in that tell you that you are going to be in danger when you do that yeah Okay. I I guess I can give myself like a deadline straight away. There is a a prompt for tomorrow that I could use to sort of like just put the book out there that I've been telling myself, no, I should that it's a challenge. It's a reader long challenge, but I I guess they'll just be making excuses. So you could do that yeah. if you want to do that. If you're still thinking the thoughts the nail that sticks out gets hammered, yeah. you are kind of emotionally going to be throwing yourself under a bus because you're mm-hmm. doing it against the fear. Mm-hmm. So it might be worth putting at the top of a page what are why am I why am I feeling fear about this and write down all of your thoughts. See what comes okay. out. Just okay. empty your brain onto a page. Really look through them mm-hmm. and then circle the ones that are fact. Okay. Actual fact. Okay. So maybe something like people people aren't going to like it that's mm-hmm. not a fact mm-hmm. even some people aren't going to like it that's not a fact that's a maybe you can describe your fear and actually let yourself feel it because it's there for a reason what am i afraid of and when you've got it all down on a piece of paper you can decide whether you want to pay attention to that as it is or not or think something different like yeah. i know i know i love doing this work it doesn't matter whether other people love my work i know i can review books and i know i can write them actually it's a perfect dovetail Mm. Or you could think something like these people who have been reading my reviews already love my writing because they're loving your reviews. I'm giving them more of what they want. These people are my fans already. They're going to love this. There are loads of different ways that we can play with how we move forward, but if you don't sit with where you are right now and really look at all of those thoughts that are coming up about putting your book out there on your Instagram account, then it's like you're slamming a door in the face of that feeling and saying i'm just not going to feel you i'm going to i'm going to ignore you and i'm going to go ahead and do what i want to do and i promise you that feeling will grow and the door will fly open and you will feel like you've been hit by a bus sitting with a feeling sounds really scary processing it sounds really scary because sometimes we feel like if i go in there I'm never going to come out. It's going to swallow me up. 
that's that. Mm. And nothing could be further from the truth. The feeling doesn't know that it makes you feel like ass. It has absolutely no idea. Now, I, I like to think of it as somebody coming to the door with a like a, a thank you card or a, um, a like an invitation. And they're like, knock, knock, knock on the door with the invitation. And I'm like, uh, pff, no, I don't. I don't know what's on the other side of that. So I'm just going to, you know, just going to just pretend it's not happening. I'm going to go over here and make a cup of tea. And then the knocking gets a little bit more insistent because I get to think, you know, you know, this is an invitation. It's important for you to have this invitation. I'm like, oh, the knocking's getting louder. Oh, I really don't want to answer the door because it might be something super scary on the other side of it. And this will increase and increase and increase and increase. Knock, 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 knock. Your brain will be like, oh, crap. This is a super big knocking at the door. Definitely bad news. And actually, it was just an invitation that you weren't answering. Yeah. How does that sit with you? Yeah, I think like when I, if you know, it was, just, it was an invitation, I'll feel really stupid for like letting my brain talk me off, you know, taking it and opening the door. Yeah. Now, to be fair, that is your brain's job. That might be something scary. Let's not go there. But that's the primitive part of our brain. We actually are blessed with a beautiful prefrontal cortex that gets to go, hang on a minute. Why don't we just open the door a little bit? Why don't we just have a little, oh, look, it's not so scary. And we can train that primitive part of our brain to not have exactly the same response in exactly the same way each time. Okay. Yeah. I can see, uh, yeah, yeah. Thanks for the, the the exercise with the writing. I think I need to try that. Like, I need to train my brain not to, not to keep stopping myself. I guess from from doing it. It's yeah. understanding why it's doing it and loving it. You know, thank you so much, brain. You've actually kind of done a pretty good job of keeping me alive so far. But mm -hmm. how would it be if you let me carry a bit of this now and you just focus on the breathing and the blinking and the making sure that I remember to go to the toilet, but, and, and I'll do the creative, imaginative, fun stuff. You, you can keep me alive, but sometimes when you're screaming at me, you're slightly overreacting. So we can have a chat and I'll listen and then I'll make the decision that I want to make. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to seeing your book. Okay. Yeah, I think you've, sold. you've sold a couple in the comments already. Oh, well, there we go. I love it. <laughs> so good. Sarah, is there okay. anything you'd like to add? I was thinking when I was when I was listening to you talking, Eustacia, have you heard me talk before about the um, analogy of the monsters on the bus? I only remember the alien ones right now. <laughs> so I'll, I'll really quickly, I was, I was yeah. trying to see if I could find a, a script where it might be more succinct in the way I would describe it. But basically, if you think that your life is a bus and you're the driver, and every time you have experiences in the world, you pick up another passenger here and there and they get on. And some of them are benign and some of them are nice. Some of them are monsters, very loud negative, angry monsters. And they get on the bus and as you're driving along, trying to go in the direction you want to go, the monsters start shouting and they start shouting all of these awful things at you. And so what we tend to do is we either like stop the bus and try and fight with the monsters and get rid of the monsters, try and chuck them up off the bus, but we can't because they're part of our experience. And while we're doing that, the bus isn't moving forwards. Or we like make deals with the monsters where we're like, okay, I'll go where you want if you'll just be quiet. So then you drive in the direction the monsters tell you and you end up like down a dead end alley, brick walls on both sides, you can't get out, there's nowhere to go. So you think, oh, this, there's no point. And you start to move again and go on the way you wanna go and the monsters start shouting again. And the point of the metaphor is that like, the, you are still in control of the bus. Your feet are always on the pedals. Your hands are on the steering wheel. And trying to get rid of the fears or trying to like do what the fears tell you will always pull us off track. But it's when we go, okay, I have these fears. And like, I can hear what they're 
telling me but I'm still in control of this bus and they kind of just become background noise and then you get to drive in the direction that you want to drive and I, I really love that analogy because I think we can all remember times in our life where we've either tried to throw the monsters off the bus or let them drive us into what they yeah. think is a safe place for us to be yeah but you're, so the, you're the bus driver yeah. <laughs> make sure you read the comments you've got so much love and support yeah. Um, Thank you. And I, yeah. I was just saying to Des, actually, like, screenshot them if you need to. So if you might need a reminder yeah. of some of the... I nice screenshot everything. <laughs> keep it Thank you. When you need to revisit. Thank you. It's lovely to see you again as well. Yeah. Uh, Sally, do you think we've got time for one more, 12 minutes? I believe so. I believe so. Let's see if Sophie is here. Sophie Ingleby. Calling all Sophies, calling all Sophies. Actually, not all Sophies, just the Sophie that submitted. No Sophie. Or have we got Gina? Gina Maldonado. I want to say it like that. I don't know that that's how you say your name. Have we got a Gina? Have we got a Gina? No. Okay. This is why it's so beautiful to have all of these gorgeous submissions. There is a Gina here, but it might not be the same Gina. I'm just looking through the names. Okay. Uh, well, if the Gina here is the Gina that submitted, then that would be awesome. Yourself, it is, uh, it is Gina who submitted. She's just raised her hand. I'm not sure if she's got um, voice, though. Oh. Let's have a look. We have, we have. Let's see. I don't, I can't, I'm sorry, I'm not in control of it. Oh, so Gina I can't. says, sorry, I'm on a bus. I'm assuming that that's a literal bus and not a metaphorical bus. Not the, mon the bus with the monsters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Gina. You drive it. Okay, Gina, no worries. Wonderful. So, then Gina. let's see, how have we got literal bus? She's just responded. <laughs> Megan, Megan Mansfield. This was meant to happen. Have we got Megan? No, Megan. I said they've heard my coaching. They're like, dudes, I'm off. Let's go, Melanie. Hey, oh, I'm here. <gasps> Hi. How are you? I'm good. A little nervous. Bless your heart. Well, you did actually say in your submission that you were nervous to put this out in the world. Yeah, I, I'm not the kind of person that really likes to openly admit when she struggles with something. So, and this is perfect for you. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> this is a perfect piece of work. Could you give anyone, everyone a brief summary of what you would like some coaching on today? Um, yeah, sure. Um, it's kind of difficult to explain, but I've, I've tried to think of a way to kind of break it down. But I think it, for me, it all seems to sort of boil down to me not really being able to put my all into my creative work and to, I guess, really make it a priority in my life. And I think one of the reasons why that is, is simply because I, I, I seem to have this sort of belief that doing something creative and putting it out there in the world for people to see is just not for quote unquote, people like me. Um, what does that mean, people like me? Yeah, so I mean, I, I guess I need to give a little bit of background on myself here for it to make sense, but... Um, so I studied law at university and I basically spent my entire 20s just really pursuing this career in the law. Um, so, and obviously I'm, I'm, I, don't, I don't think I'm saying anything non-obvious here when I say that career in the law and creativity aren't really things that people bring um, in conjunction with each other. And so, um, I don't know. I, I think I feel that's like absolutely fascinating. That's absolutely fascinating that you would say that, actually, that you, like, not everybody will believe this. This is the truth, that law and creativity don't go together. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just, like, I, I feel like I, I'm so used to just defining myself with, um, I guess, my academic side and my professional side that I'm kind of not looking at myself as a creative person. And because I don't look at myself as a creative person, I'm not really sure if, I guess, if there's a place for my creativity in the world. 
let's just say there is. Yeah. And there is. There is a space for every single human being's creativity in the world, however it expresses itself. Yeah. So then what? Well, I mean, I, I guess if that's true, then, then I shouldn't feel these thoughts or that shouldn't let me, or um, I, I, I shouldn't feel like I'm not allowed to share my creativity. Who sets the rules in your life? Well, I mean, no one should, but I still feel all of this sort of judgment. Right. So when, society. as soon as these words, like words like should cro crop up, yeah, they are um, a bit of a show for us having a rule book on how things are supposed to be. Like mm -hmm. I, if I'm going to be the right kind of daughter, if I'm going to be approved as a daughter, I should call my mum if I'm going to be um, a wife the right way to do it is that I should do this if I'm going to be a dog owner the right way to I, I should do these things as as a as a dog owner there are there's a manual there's a user guide for how to be Melanie mm -hmm. and currently that user guide is defined by the legal system your experience within the legal system I am a lawyer you're identifying I am a lawyer I am not a creative person. I don't see myself as a creative person. So your manual hasn't got space for that. Yeah. How's it bad if we just chuck that manual out? Well, then suddenly I'm standing in this wide open world with all these possibilities except that's also scary because then suddenly I don't have a rule book anymore that can give me guidance in my life, but I kind of have to find my path myself. That is it. When we have the manual, even if we don't like it, it tells us what to do. Mm. So we can either do it or not do it, but we know what the consequences are. We believe we know what the consequences yeah. are because we've got a rule book that tells us. But as soon as that manual goes and we have this wide open space where we can make choices for ourselves, it's like we're bowling without those blow up bits down either side of the bowling alley. Like the ball could literally go into somebody else's alley. Like I have no, mm -hmm. I have no idea how to bowl the ball and, and the, the little bumper things aren't up. So I'm definitely not going to hit Skittles at the end. I might hit the Skittles on somebody else's alley. Who knows? And that for our brain is freaking terrifying. Yeah particularly for people who have gone through a very structured educational system and working system. Yeah. So you're in a world with law where there is right and there is wrong. And now you're in a big open space where anything's possible. Yeah. What? I guess when I hear that, the, the thing that I'm starting to worry about is sort of like, not me doing something that's not the law, but other be people, I guess, being offended by me doing something that is different. So kind of like, you know, like to, to go off on your bowling um, metaphor, it's just kind of like, you know, I'm throwing the bowling ball and it's rolling into someone else's lane. Yeah. And then they're going to be like, hey, you had your lane before. Why don't you stick there? Okay. Then what? Well, I'm... Well, the selfish part of me then thinks, well, then the other people just need to get over themselves. Okay. There's enough space in their bowling alley. But then the part of me that wants to be nice and polite is kind of like, yeah, but, you know, I don't want to step on anyone's toes. All right. So you've got a manual for what to do when you haven't got a manual. <laughs> yeah. Which I love. Yeah. I hadn't thought about it this way, but I guess that's true. But you do get to make up how you want to live your life. There's nothing that you have to do. You don't even have to obey the law. Yeah. You, there are consequences for not, but you don't have to. Yes. And when we come from a very structured environment, we'll try and find a how. We'll try and find a rule book 
people look to somebody else for the magic bullet. How did they do it? Maybe, maybe if I find a lawyer and they did the creativity thing, then maybe, but I'm not a creative person. So maybe I can't, it's the, it's the expansion and contraction. Like I'll, I'll, I'll go in there and then, Oh no, hang on a minute. And then I'll, I'll yeah. maybe take a little bit. Oh no, no, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I can see that. And I also, and, and then if I reflect on my experience, I, I can also see that sometimes it almost kind of seems to be as if I'm just waiting for someone else who is not me to tell me that it's okay. If I want to be my, you know, multi-layered complex self, even if the layers maybe seem to be opposing to each other. But then again, it's almost kind of like, like I'm waiting for someone else to tell me that their rule book says it's okay yeah because at the minute your rule book says if i'm doing something that makes me happy creatively creatively then i'm being selfish yeah yeah that's just not true yeah but then i'm wondering how can i go about being able to to throw out those rule books and i guess find the confidence in myself to um, to allow myself to to just be all that I want to be. Do you want to be all that you want to be? Yes. What are you prepared to feel for that? Yeah. What, what feelings are you prepared to have on that journey? Well, I, I know that I'll probably will have to deal with lots of self-doubt and voices in my head that tell me it's that it's safer for me to stay where I am. Um, even though I know that if I stay where I am, I might feel safe, but this will also always be the place where I feel unfulfilled. So I kind of have to imagine like, okay, well, there is this adversity here. But this is not the first time that I faced adversity. It's not like my career in the law was just like this easy road where I never had any roadblocks or where I never doubted myself. And I think maybe if I just try to channel some of that energy that I allow myself to have in my professional life and just try to apply it in the creative life, sort of like just like, I guess, keeping my eyes on the goal and just... What I hear you saying is I am... I am, yeah. whether I'm doing it within law, whether I'm doing it creatively, I am. Yeah. I can do hard things. Yeah. Like maybe it's an issue. Maybe it's like, um, maybe I'm trying to compartmentalize the different aspects of my life because they happen to be in different industries but they don't actually need to be compartmentalized. What if that way? Oh. you are a full diamond? And what if at some point in your life, you've always been creative, mm. you've always had an ability with law and many, many other abilities, but what if at some point in your life, parts of that diamond weren't what you believed were acceptable and you started to cover them up mm. and all we're doing now is taking off the covers uh, yeah you're not becoming something different someone different you're remembering who you are yeah yeah yeah, that, that, that feels a lot less scary in a way, or it, it seems like a lot less work because instead of me trying to build this entire new being, I'm just taking something off. Yeah, you're uncovering. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I'd never actually thought about it this way. The great thing about when the diamond is fully uncovered is that any one ray of light that comes in gets broken up and shines out of all the different facets. Yeah. It is something to behold from just, just a light point of view. And if you, if you can think about the self-sufficiency of that light that goes in, that's the I am, that's the self-love, that's the I trust myself. 
Yeah. To be the whole diamond. And they're impervious. That that's your worth. That's that's your worth. Mm. And that can never, ever, ever be affected by what you're doing in the world, by your behavior, by whether you break yeah. the law, by whether you follow the manual or not. That's just behavior. That's just stuff outside. That worth is always there. You can cover it up and you can have thoughts about it. You can feel less worthy. You can feel less altogether. You can feel unfulfilled, but it's always there to be uncovered. Yeah. Yeah. And now you're just shining the light on it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I mean, that does resonate with me. It's just like kind of like, where does the light beam come from? You tell me. I don't know. I I I I guess the light beam it, it, it needs to kind of come from myself because at this point I always seem to to just kind of almost like wait on the sidelines for someone else to turn on the light when I be I maybe could just walk to the light switch myself and just turn it on myself. Hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. And that's the difference between giving your emotions and your your feeling about the world to what's happening out there or deciding how you want to feel about the world and generating that for yourself. Yeah. Which doesn't mean that you're immune to things happening. It doesn't mean that you feel you don't feel hurt or grief. It's just like, okay, that's that's part, that's one of the facets, that's part of the whole yeah you turn that light switch on pay it's awareness it's paying attention to yourself yeah 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 no what's your brain doing right now (laughs) i'm just kind of yeah i'm I'm like all of this you know all of this kind of makes makes perfect sense to to my logical mind You know, but it's like I I I feel like my emotional mind, on the other hand, kind of um, needs to needs to play catch up. Well, when was the last time that you asked it to be a part of the party? I don't know. I I, I feel like I'm the type of person who usually bases the big decisions in life on emotions, but then gets very logical on making all the small things happening. Okay. Um, so it's kind of like, but I, I, I would say, I mean, and, and this is probably the lawyer coming out and me, usually the logical mind is in the driver's seat, but then again, I'm also thinking right now, yeah, but if the logical mind is in the driver's seat usually, and the logical mind right now is already on board with all of this, then, then where exactly is the issue? Getting these two lined up. I don't know if you can see these two yeah. Yeah. getting these two lined up that's alignment yeah so when you're having that conversation and when you're curious about what's going on like can I be creative do I want to be creative do I want to move into this space or not just close your eyes and sink into how your body is feeling yeah because it's always got something to tell you but it's very easy when we're thinkers, as we all are, to prioritize the thoughts that are coming and to think our way out of things yeah. or think our way into things. And actually, it's a partnership. We are a human. We have feelings. We have thoughts. We yes. have our senses. They're all supposed to be used in conjunction. Yeah. So... Yeah let your emotional you called it your emotional mind let it come on board have a chat with it like oh what do you think about this yeah i think it's great i'd love to see you fully expressed that pull that you've had in your chest that's me yeah this want comes from me i'm ready are you ready let's go yeah yeah i like the idea of sort of my logical mind and my emotional mind having an actual converse like 
basically a conversation about it. Because as you were speaking about alignment, I was just kind of thinking, well, you know, this desire for creativity and to put my creativity out there, that starts in my heart. And then my mind listens to it and it's like, well, if you want to do it or something, let's try to make it happen. But then the emotional side comes in again. And it's like, oh, wait, now that you're listening, I, I, I'm not ready for that. And then the mind once again kind of responds to that. It's like, oh, well, if you're now saying you're not ready for that, then I'm going to come up with these 10 reasons why you shouldn't do it. And that just kind of makes me think, well, yeah, but they're kind of miscommunicating at this point. Yeah. And just like, so instead of like trying to like have a conversation where they actually um, really try to get an alignment, they're just sort of bouncing off from each other without mm. like taking the bigger picture into con mm. consideration. Fascinating for you to have that conversation with yourself. Yeah, yeah. Really good. Yeah. Well, that, that gives me inspiration for what to do this evening. <laughs> Sit down with a nice glass of wine and have a chat with yourself. Explain yeah. to everybody that this is okay. <laughs> yeah. Mel, will you let us know how you get on? Keep us posted in yeah. the group if you feel able. I know you said you're not always the one who wants to share. We are over time, but when we upload this call to the group, make sure you look at the text document with all the comments so you have a chance okay. to read all of the incredible support you are getting here, all the people who completely relate and have made similar kind of transitions in their life and they're just telling you how it worked for them I think you'll find a lot of useful stuff in there too and thank you so much for sharing I know it doesn't feel easy but it hopefully is giving you what you needed today yeah yeah thanks thank you so much everybody we are always going to be over time on these ones aren't we Sally <laughs> thank you so much you are an absolute superstar um we will get this uploaded hopefully over the weekend if not first thing Monday morning for everyone to watch or listen back to and I'll see you in the Facebook group in the meantime have a lovely weekend everybody bye everyone <laughs>